So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, lords and ladies, two-leggeds, four-leggeds, innies, outies, the most inclusive podcast. It is season two, episode 22 of the world-famous chart-topping So I Married an Alcoholic podcast. I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. And I'm Megan, and I'm an alcoholic. And since it has been quite a while, it has a friendly reminder that my pronouns are junkie, alcoholic, and asshole. True story. Thank you, darling. God, it's good to be back in the studio. It is. We had a little bit of a week break. We did the rough ride two weekends ago. We sure did. And it was a rough ride. <laughs> that's, that's putting it very nicely. And we could not recover to record. No. Let's just be honest. No. I mean, I, of course, recovered incredibly well because I... I'm a man of insurmountable obstacles. Megan, on the other hand, just laid on the couch. It was actually the opposite, but okay. Whatever. Sure. This is your second marriage. Don't forget that. And also, Frankie decided that she no longer wants to sleep in a crib. Which is, I don't know, I guess good and bad. Yeah, it was a rough transition, though, but she has now transitioned. <laughs> We're very happy for her. Oh, we sure are. And happy for us. Well, I don't know. She figured out, though, how to open her bedroom door. So any parent that has had small children or has small children knows that fear when you wake up and there's that little face standing right next to you in bed. Well, let's be honest. It's not really any parent. It's really any mother. Yeah, yeah, she's never gone to your side. Isn't that crazy? As we all know, men are very capable of sleeping through pretty much anything child, weather, intruder. Even your dog. Dog. It's kind of funny. It's always like, oh, my dog, my dog this, except when your dog wants to pee in the morning. Yes. Then it's my dog. Yes, because you are an early riser. It just it fits with our schedule. It's Stop am- bitching. <laughs> it's amazing how that works out. Forgot to welcome the queen. Welcome to the Queen. Yes. Welcome back to Megan's boobs. Uh, Megan's uncle is now on the wall. Yes. I don't know if we mentioned that the last time. No, it's my great uncle, and he was a priest and also in the service. He was one of the good ones. He was. So it's actually kind of cool, especially since we're coming off of Rough Ride. Welcome to the very climate-controlled boob studio. Yes, we still have the new HVAC, and it is glorious. Still paying for it. Well, yep. That's per usual. As with most things in life. Yep. And welcome, of course, to the sponsors. The show sponsor is Marlang Graphics, marlangraphics.com for all of your printing needs. And Realtor and a Baby, realtorandababy.com for all of your real estate needs. Shall we, PSA? Do you have one? Well, I always have one. Then go ahead, my love. PSA. Whether it's appropriate or not is a completely different story. It normally never is, so go ahead anyway. And this PSA, as with all of our other PSAs, are brought to you by Auntie Gay P's House of Fetishes. Auntie Gay P's House of Fetishes for all of your double penetration needs. This is going to make a lot more sense at the end of the podcast. But for now, you can do anything you put 
your mind too. This concludes this evening's PSA brought to you by Auntie Gay P's House of Fetishes. Auntie Gay P's House of Fetishes for all of your double penetration needs. Now, you are all well aware that the Team Foster Rough Ride is a 24-hour cycling event. Now, a lot of you are thinking, like, what does this have to do with alcoholism? How about you shut the fuck up and listen? <laughs> okay. And Daddy will tell you, 24 hours on a bike. Doesn't sound that bad, right? No, it sounds horrible. What makes it sound not that bad? Because when you say it, it's just like, ah, oh, it's 24 hours on a bike. No biggie. Yeah, but we are out of shape. That sounds like <laughs> a death ride. We are indeed. So anyways, we get down to the Lincoln Financial Field, which is, I believe we're now officially allowed to say, home of the Philadelphia Eagles. The worst fucking football team in America. Any idea why, Megan? Because you're a Patriots fan? Not only that, because the gorgeous Tom Brady does not play for them. Okay. God, I would, beautiful. I think a lot of our uh, listening audience would disagree. They, they probably would, but they are uninformed, okay, to say the least. I think we should start even sooner, maybe with the prep of the rough ride. Yeah, we can go there. So we have been talking about it on air for probably several months now, right? <laughs> I'm sure people are tired of hearing it. Asking for donations, asking for peddlers. So we did that part. That was good. Except what we really concentrated on was like the atmosphere planning. Would you say that's fair, Chris? I mean, that's what I concentrated on. Chris was not joking when he said he rented an RV. That was a true story. Yeah, because if you know anything about me, I did not get sober to drink shitty coffee, uh, to golf at shitty golf courses, to shoot shitty guns to eat shitty food, and more importantly, thus the brand new HVAC upstairs, to be uncomfortable. Okay, agreed. I mean, I, like, I'm uncomfortable, you know, in pushing myself, if you will. I, I'm okay with that sort of uncomfort uncomfortability. So anyway, Chris planned the RV, and we had the tent made, and I spent a lot of time meal planning, because I am 50% Italian, and that is what we do. We feed the people. If the people come out <laughs> to support you, we feed the people. And we want to be able to feed not only our people, but the people next to us, all the people that could possibly show up. Correct. So I did that. There was many Costco runs. There was baking. There was trays of baked ziti that I made. There was a lot of, you know, meal prep involved. I do not disagree. What we did not do is, like earlier in the week, JP says, I'm sorry, Antique AP. Thank you. Says, do we have a schedule for riding? Oh, my God. If you're going to tell the story, tell it right. Okay, go ahead. He was like, do I have a schedule, schedule for riding? And we're like, nope. We but we like, have an RV what? and big CD. Yeah. And he's like, all right, you got to do something about that. So Chris is like, I'll send out an email. Done. So he didn't, and I just thought he didn't include me on the email because then I start getting texts from other people. Is there a schedule for when we're riding? And you know me, I'm the details. It, it doesn't matter. Just show up. No, but there's a lot of dessert. <laughs> then Chris all of a sudden sends out a Google 
form. I sent out a, a Google Sheet. Oh, is that what it's called? I believe so. So I see the email. I don't actually open it. I just say that see that Chris has sent out a Google Sheet. But I know that we've decided that we will just fill in all the gaps. So I'm not really concerned about where I'm signing up. I'm going to be whatever's left, right? Because we were both spending the whole 24 hours. I said to Chris, you know, like, do we get any responses to the sheet? He's like, not much. Then I start getting the follow-up text. So the sheet makes no sense. I'm like, sheets are stupid. Just shut up and show up. So my one cousin, praise the Lord, says, I'm going to start a group text. I was like, ooh, that'd be great. (laughs) I don't know why we didn't think of that. That's a good idea. (laughs) And so then we start piecing together a schedule. Now, there are many holes in our schedule. Mm-hmm. So the plan was for Chris to get the RV Friday morning, and then he was actually going to go down, help set up, and park the RV, spend the night there, him and Antique AP. So we would hit the ground running first thing in the morning, like get our tent set up, have everything ready to go. Typical Megan. You're going to spend the night in an RV in a parking lot? Yeah. I mean, I didn't think that was a great well, idea, but that's if, just me. you get murdered? I I don't know. I'm bringing a fucking small arsenal with me. All right. So I I don't agree with that. Slash like, what's the point? I don't know why we rented it the extra night. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Says the woman who spent $600 on roast beef sandwiches. Are you shitting me right now? Those plans were canceled because I came down Thursday morning to a pile of blood. And it wasn't mine. It was the bird dog. (laughs) Bird dog apparently got into something she wasn't supposed to, which isn't necessarily out of the norm. Nope. I think this time it just, instead of going straight through her, it went through her like sideways. And like nicked something on the way out. (laughs) And you pet owners out there, you know, uh, if you have to go to the emergency vet, you better bring some heavy collateral with you. And your firstborn. Yeah. So I like go up, it's 5.30 in the morning because now I've seen the pile of blood and there's also like vomit. It's not good. It's literally like a murder scene down in our family room. Like Dexter was here the night before. Oh, it was not good. So I go upstairs, I'm like, Chris, you know, and I know he doesn't like to be woken before 9 a.m. So I'm like, you know, tread lightly. And I'm like, I think we have a problem. And he's like, what? I was like, the bird dog's bleeding everywhere. I sprang my ass up out of bed so quick. So we're kind of looking at her. We're like, she's now laying on the ground. She looks very like labored breathing. She's really just a drama queen. That's the take home message. But anyway, she she did have an emergency vet visit at 6 a.m. She did. And they told us they gave her some IV fluids. They gave her some antibiotics. um, But they said they I was sure she was going to need like full blown surgery. As was I. I I was literally like sitting in the waiting room because, again, Nothing happens at the pace of Chris. No, but it ended up just being a little colitis. I don't I don't know if that's what it was. I, all I know is she's better now. But anyway, so here we were with the bird dog was supposed to board. She was supposed to go Thursday morning and come home on Sunday. And they're like, you need to watch her very closely. Okay, ma'am. Well, we're doing a 24-hour cycling event out of an RV. <laughs> she's she's going to have to watch herself. I guess she's coming along with us. Yep. So we, you know, we always board Birdie because we believe that, you know, not everyone should be subject to our dog that eats inanimate objects. Yeah. And and the bird is a great dog. And I would say that on the whole, she is a very well-behaved dog. She's still uh, just over a year old. I mean, she's a puppy. She gets into everything. 
and she is absolutely fucking nuts. Actually, she's not a good dog at all. She's a wonderful dog. <laughs> she just isn't a good like party guest or like house guest. You know, like to know her is to love her. It, it, she's an acquired taste. Yeah, she's a she's one of those a face only a mother could love. Certainly. But anyway, so Chris wasn't able to depart for the rough ride until Saturday morning. Not happy. Again, up before 9 a.m. He was in the car leaving by, I think, 6.30. Hard shit to do. And then Frankie and I had to pick up the food and met you down there. So go ahead. Tell us what happened, why Frankie and I were still on our travels, picking up various party trays. Auntie Gay P and I get down there. We get the RV set up. We're unloading it and... So, like, the RV was parked in the parking lot, and then the event was inside Lincoln Financial Field, home of the Philadelphia Eagles, the Sands Tom Brady, blah, blah, blah. And then I go outside because it's, you know, it's getting warm. And I go to turn on the generator, which powers the AC. That, of course, we paid extra for because why get an RV if you're not going to pay for the generator? Which speaks to my previous point of I did not get sober to be uncomfortable. Right. And it didn't work. It did not. And I was like, shit. So I called the guy. And he's like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now? I just paid you X amount of dollars and your answer is, I don't know what to do. So me being the solutions guy, mm-hmm. I ran over to Home Depot and I rented a generator for the weekend. That unfortunately wasn't as easy as we thought it would be. The rental was fine. You're okay. really good at swiping the credit card. Very good. Swipe, swipe, swipe. Bring the generator back, plug it into the RV. There was another guy that helped us there because there's like some, you know, silly plug that you have to plug into the plug. Anyways, long story short, power it up, nothing. Still no. Long story short, Megan has 17 crock pots, <laughs> a fucking vacuum, <laughs> a hair dryer. I didn't have a hair dryer. All of this shit plugged into the RV, which you're actually not supposed to plug into an RV. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> I thought my crockpots were a great idea. So I was like running around scrambling, trying to manage the team, the bird dog, the child, the wife with two husbands. It was just out of control. And literally it was because we were trying to power a fucking small city out of a goddamn <laughs> RV. And the generator would go on. And then it would stay on for 10 minutes. And then at one point I had it going for two hours, but you had to keep resetting it. And all I could concentrate on was the crock pots. Like, oh my God, it's back on. Push start on the crock pots. Push start on the crock pots. So now the event has kicked off. To kick off the event, it's only me, Chris, and Auntie Gay P. So again, three of the most unfit people in the world to r raise a child, to pay bills on a timely basis, to ride a fucking stationary bicycle. Yet here we are, the three of us, ready to rock. So we're kind of looking at each other like, all right, JP, you're getting on, right? Because JP already has a Peloton. Yeah, and he cycles with his. And he, right, he doesn't collect laundry on his. Like, he actually uses it for what it was intended to be used for. But that's neither here nor there. So, so go ahead. JP knocks out the first hour. And then he has a friend come by and knock out an hour. That's and then right. our other people start showing up, and it starts kind of piecing itself together. And it was absolutely amazing. First of all, when we had Nick Learman on from Team Foster, I, at the very beginning of the podcast, I mean, like, it's it's infant stages. And then we had him on a couple of weeks before the event. He said that the atmosphere 
is electric and the energy is palpable and it's just this insane experience. Let me tell you something. I, I actually, I can't describe how electric that atmosphere is. It really was. Like, like you walk in, there's 25 stationary bicycles lined up. There's music pumping. There's people milling around. There's vendors and all of these extracurricular activities. And it is absolutely insane. And the teams were awesome. There was like a team of ROTC guys from a local college. There were several teams of veterans. And we were surrounded by them. There was a guy directly next to us that was doing the entire 24 hours himself. By himself. Like mind blown. Yes. And he was actually a super cool guy. Very cool. I stalked him on Facebook. Oh, did you? I'm actually going to try to, excuse me, we are actually going to try to have him on. I think that would actually be awesome because I was inspired by him. Absolutely. And just from the sheer inspirational perspective, because he was not an alcoholic, as a matter of fact, he asked me to go and grab him a beer so he could have it at exactly midnight, strictly for the carbs. Yes. And, and I wanted to be like, fries. you asshole, who, who has one beer? But I wasn't going to argue with the man. He was riding for 24 hours straight. It was unbelievable. As I'm sitting there like struggling through my first 30 minutes, I was like, um, so this guy's been going already for like eight and a half hours. I think I can suck this up. Andy was one of those sick fucks that ran one of those 100 mile. Like ultra marathons. Ultra races. Yes. Literally the week before this event. Unbelievable. Nuts. So we got to get his, we got to get him on here and get his story because that's a whole different kind of mental illness. Absolutely. <laughs> that we'd love to learn about. Yes. Somehow we can put a, a positive spin on that. Yeah, I mean, God, I wish that's where my alcoholism took me. Yeah, doubt it, bro. It doesn't. Instead, it took I got to sober. It took me to, like, ice cream cones Numerous and stuff. one-night stands in a jail cell. That's true, too. Anywho. So, anyways, <laughs> the, I mean, the atmosphere, it was just absolutely insane. We started to piece together the different riders on our team, and somehow it literally just came together. And we had these awesome people that just showed up to ride with us. It was family. It was friends. It was listeners of the show. It was our people that then brought people. And it just kind of kept going that someone was always on that bike. And again, the schedule was not made. But the one, next person would get on and then someone would go to them and say, okay, what time do you want to get off? Are you doing a 30 minute? Are you doing an hour? How long do you want? And I'll be here to relieve you. And they were. Yeah. Like it was unbelievable. So we were there the whole 24. Chris and I and J, well, JP got a little more sleep because the other part of this equation was Frankie was spending the night with us. Yes. Which, you know. Was an idea, but we did not have alternate childcare arrangements that we had originally lined up, which was totally fine. Mm -hmm. So there was, you know, someone always had to be on the bike and someone had to be in charge of babysitting. <laughs> and everybody played their part in switching off between the bike and the child. Exactly. And, you know, the RV had a nice big bed in the back. I was like, so Frankie gets the big bed, but when you want a nap, that's fine. Just cycle in and out of bed with her. Cuddle my child. Exactly. So everyone took turns. I think it was finally, Chris, maybe around 3.30 in the morning that we pulled out the extra bed and did lay our heads down. Sort of. Sort of. So we had about an hour of like a restless half kind of sleep. 
I'd say that's accurate. The kind that probably would have been better to not have had at all. Yeah. Because when we woke up, we were not in a good place. I generally don't wake up in a good place, but put me inside a 80-degree RV in a 24-hour cycling event with a bird dog on top of me and Megan on top of me and people coming in and out. Not really. <laughs> it was it was just not a quality sleep. So anyways... We're like, okay, we got to get up and keep going. Circa 5 a.m., we roll out of the RV. It was a beautiful Philadelphia sunrise. It was actually a shooting right down the street. Yeah, there was. We didn't get involved in that, which was good. We were unaffected. We were cycling for veterans. That's right. So me, Chris, and JP, probably around 5.30 in the morning, are like sitting in the RV, and we're like, yeah, so I think, you know, we're done, right? Like, there was a couple people coming at 6, they're all leaving by 8, and then we'll just wrap this up, call it a day. They have our money, that's good enough, right? Yeah, we raise the appropriate amount of funds, and then some, like, be happy with our donation and move on with your lives. We tried, yay, yay, the end. Yay, me, you alcoholic half-ass everything motherfucker so that's where we were at and then we walked out and we're at the tent and we're half asleep and we have people still on and then all of a sudden out of a car emerges my cousin and comes and gives us another hour and someone came a, a listener of the show came down and gave us an hour and all of a sudden again it started piecing itself together and then we realized at 9 a.m there was only going to be <laughs> the three remaining that were the three that started it. <laughs> the three amigos, three assholes, whatever you want to call us. And I think we were dreading it. At this point, I had mentally committed to the Irish goodbye. Yep, we were just going to kind of pack up our stuff and go home. As incognito as you can with a 40-foot RV pull out of a parking lot, I was prepared to do so. We were going to sneak out the back like nothing <laughs> happened. <laughs> We were going to take our last photo leaving, but it was going to be three hours from the finish time. That's right. And we were okay with that. And then the music starts going. And you could almost like, I I don't know, maybe it was the the cat shit coffee that I brought. Maybe it was the sun started to bake me like the lizard that I am. So I started to get more energy. Maybe it was, I don't know, subconsciously we just looked at each other, the three of us, and we're like, you know what? We are 21 hours into this. This poor bastard has been on this bike for 21 hours straight. We're not leaving. Yes. And we did not. And we did not. And so we switched off. We each did 30 minutes and then 20 minutes and then 15 until we got to the very end. Yes. And I'm telling you, I started to get emotional when it was probably about a half an hour left to go. I'm not proud to admit this, but same. I, uh, there was tears in my eyes and they weren't just sweat because it, the sun was out again. It was getting hot. Well, I mean, you weren't really cycling that hard anyhow. No, I was, I kept saying, I'll just make the pedals go around. Like I'm not in this to win any races. However, we placed. We did. We finished in sixth place. Out of 27 teams. Which is pretty good considering, again, the anchor of our team probably has about 76,000 cartons of cigarettes in them between the three of them. Yep. 
That in and of itself is something to be proud of. It was so funny. The last, like, I don't know, 45 minutes, I'm on the bike and this guy gets on next to me and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to lose fifth place. I'm going to lose fifth place. I did actually lose fifth place. And Chris is like, I'll get on. He gets on and rides this bike like Lance Armstrong when he still had two balls. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to make the testicle joke because I was preparing for it. And he just went hard and finally looks over the guy and pounds him out and he's like damn you killed it and he's like I like the bike like this guy was literally Lance Armstrong like a pro cycler they brought in at the end I was like you're a fucking asshole so we didn't have a shot but we were still happy with our sixth place absolutely and we finished and it was incredible it was it was just and again I think this is what I was well I mean this definitely was what I was alluding to earlier you know when you are in the I don't know. The, the, I, I'm going to say the throes of passion because that's what comes to mind, but that's certainly not it. But when you are in, you know, the trenches or the gutter, just grinding it out and grinding it out, and there seems to be absolutely no end in sight, and every ounce of effort that you put in goes unrewarded and is absolutely fruitless, whatever you want to call it, and then boom, all of a sudden, something changes. It sure does. And, and you see the light. And it's only like that one thing that has to change that can literally change, I want to say, your whole life, which is true in this sense, the fact that we actually finished. Yes. And it got us to start tonight. We were talking about like, you know, what are we going to talk about? Because this is what we do. We don't know when we come down here. It's as much of a surprise for you as it is for us. True story. Um, But we started talking about like, what are the things that we have now? And I don't mean physical things that we never thought was possible. That 530 in the morning feeling that we had that day that we thought this can never happen. It's impossible. And yet here we are. I mean, I can say definitely my sobriety. Again, I am an eight time repeat rehab offender. Uh, one through seven and even the last time that I went to rehab I never could see past I mean my own misery in those present moments does that make sense yeah definitely um I you know I could say the same thing about my career Megan can tell you I have said numerous times over the past two and a half years fuck this fuck real estate I'm going to go you know, dig trenches or pick up cow shit or backpack Europe or any number of things other than do real estate, which is incredibly difficult in these times. It is. You know, it's so interesting. I forget where we were this weekend, but I overheard someone say to you because you're like talking about the market and how it's going down now. And they're like, well, you had a good run, right? While it lasted. And I was like, oh, no, his run's only beginning. Who cares that this is going to get even harder to work in right now? Like, this is when, you know, oh, you know me, I can't do the seeps, the sayings. The metal hits the road. What hits the road? The- well, if the metal hits the road, you've probably <laughs> earned yourself another DUI because your car would be fucking upside down. The rubber hits the road. The rubber hits the road. Oh, shit. You know, this is that 5.30 a.m. moment where... You got to turn it around by 9 a.m. because you still got to feed your kids. Yeah, exactly. And I am, for the first time in my life, I think very much all around okay with 
grinding it out. Yeah. Whereas a couple of years ago, I would have faced one small obstacle and been like, fuck it. Unless that small obstacle was, I have no drugs, I have no money, I'm sick, I need more drugs. That and was... then I would have gone to any lengths to feed the beast, if you will. Definitely. You know what I've been thinking about recently a lot? I can't imagine, darling. Ooh, I know. I'm about Enlighten to surprise me. you. You know how you see a lot of people that are getting sober or have been sober and they talk about how they'll never have a drink again. I'm so excited to never have a drink again. And I'm always one of those like, you don't know that, you know? And I think that's recently after this silly event, not silly event, amazing event that was like transformative for us. Mm. I'm like, maybe that's okay. Maybe that's okay to think, you know what? It's one day at a, at a time, but come hell or high water, this is it for me. And I am definitely, you know, leaning towards there, but there's also a large part of me that says I cannot wait for the Alzheimer's to set in so I can stick a needle in my dick again. Right. So you have a backup plan. Of course. Oh, that's good. So you can, that's nice. I like that. It's yeah. kind of like the whole thing in AA where people say like, just don't have a drink today. And then you can think about it again tomorrow. Yeah, I can definitely have a needle in 50 years. So that's good. It's waiting for you, honey. Just not today. Okay. Right? And then I guess you'll see how you feel in 50 years. Yeah. I like that plan. Or I won't know how I feel, so it's irrelevant. Exactly. You won't want it anymore. It's so sad. (laughs) (laughs) The hospice will come in. You'll be like, no, thanks. (laughs) Agreed. And I think also that same logic applies to you because you also just completed your uh, PNAP program or your probationary program or whatever for your not such a doctor license. Yes. Talk about that a little bit. It's crazy to feel completed. I actually just tonight deleted the apps on my phone that I used to check in because I was still trying every morning. Tinder? No. Bumble. You should delete those, though, if you what still have them. What did we need on? Uh, Bumble. Oh. I think. I don't know. But yeah, I actually just deleted the apps because I kept like out of habit trying to log in. And that's the first sign that you know that you've completed. Like the app knows before you get the official letter. (laughs) (laughs) It tells you that user ID does not exist. Which I think says a lot for us as a society when the app knows before the, the end user knows or the issuing authority or whatever we want to call them. Yeah, and when I first realized it, I think for the next like 72 hours, I still tried like 46 times a day just to make sure it was real. You compulsive alcoholic. Even though I had gotten the confirmation. But I'm going to be honest, I never thought that would happen either. And it was like four years. And like, I remember thinking five months ago, like, oh, I'm so close, only five months to go. And I'm like, five months, that's so long. And then all of a sudden it was here. Like Mm -hmm. time goes so fast, right? And that was a very strenuous program, a wonderful program, which, you know, I have talked about on previous episodes and how I'm a huge advocate for it. But I I think when you start something like that, just like drug courts or things of that nature, you never think you're going to survive it. But guess what? You will. Again, you just have to continue to grind it out. Yeah. And I think that that goes for alcoholism, relationships, careers, probation, Whatever it is that you're going through, your your quote unquote struggle, 
You just have to continue to grind it out and keep your eye on the prize. It is. And the rewards are so great. Like I was thinking about things that I never thought I'd have. And the big one is contentment. Mm. And that's not every second of every day, you I know. I make sure of that. No, I know you like to keep me on my toes, honey. Sure do. Um, but I can have moments of contentment, which while I was drinking, I had zero moments of contentment. I had false contentment while I was smashed. Yeah, but that was it. Exactly. And I never thought I could have happiness. I know that sounds so silly and trivial, but I literally never believed I could genuinely be happy. Mm-hmm. And I am. Or without the assistance of uh, extracurricular activity, if you will. Exactly. Whatever that may be. But believe it or not, I don't. I never thought I'd be able to wake up in a morning and not want to have a drink that day. And that's not to say that happens every morning, that those thoughts don't creep in. But a good amount of mornings I can wake up and it's not even on my radar. Which is a, a gift in and of itself. Oh, it's huge. Because once you start to have that thought, I, I mean, it can quite literally be all-consuming. A hundred percent. That's how we got in this situation. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. And I think that goes along with a lot of other things as well. Again, we've talked about this before. It doesn't have to be alcohol or drugs. It can be food. It can be sex. It can be gambling. It can be you know, various toys or lifestyles, whatever. You know, but to be free of that and not have that be a constant thought and something that you are quite literally consumed with 24 seven in is in and of itself a miracle. Absolutely. All right. You got anything else that you never thought you'd have or never thought you'd be able to do, I guess, is the the real thing, because we never thought uh, we never thought we'd be able to do 24 hours of cycling, especially the three of us being the last remaining to finish it off. No, I mean, there are, you know, obviously 24 hours of cycling is a big one that has cemented in my mind that I can, and I know it sounds silly, that I can put complete or do anything that I put my mind to. Uh, Sobriety is another great example of that. Boot camp in the army is another great example of that. Like 10 weeks of hell that I would never repeat, but again, made me think that I can do anything, you know? I felt like that about getting my master's when I, and I wasn't drinking during that period of time actually, but when I was getting my master's, I was, um, in school full time. I had an infant and I was working night shifts and I, I literally never thought it would end and I didn't think it would be possible to finish it. And that was like almost 10 years ago. You know? Yeah, and then you're, you know, two weeks out from graduation and you're like, holy shit. How did I get here? Uh, a lot I'm, of fucking hard work this. is how. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just keeping your eye on the prize. It doesn't matter what it is. Sure doesn't. All right, darling. You got anything else? Not really. All right. I don't know what we're going to do next week. I, I have a couple of uh, things that I've been throwing around in my brain. Oh, boy. Racking this uh, tremendous... Gorgeous brain of mine. We can't wait, honey. I'm sure you can't. We'd like to thank everyone that supported our journey on the rough ride financially. Absolutely. And uh, also Marlene with the pedals. Graphics came yes. in huge. Uh, Jim and Velia's Bed and Breakfast came in huge. My brother Ross gave us a massive donation. He sure did. Uh, Dick, who doubled as uh, Dickie Gabagool or something like that, gave us a donation. My brother Joey hooked us up. 
my mother, cheap as the day is long, just, you know, bought like expensive food for her dogs. And that's how she supported us, which is fine. Pat on the back. Yeah. Okay. So we want to just, again, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much to the people that showed up. Thank you so much to those that donated uh, and gave us your support, be it mentally, physically, emotionally, sexually, whatever. Yeah, and the peddlers. My Always. cousins, our friends, all the people, the listeners that showed up to pedal with us. Really amazing. Absolutely. Really, we are looking forward to next year's event, Rough Ride 2023. It's going to be sometime in May or June. I reached out to Nick, I don't know, Sunday afternoon because I was still on like the the cycling high. Well, that was the other thing too. So Chris had to return the RV and we get back and Frankie's asleep in the car and I'm like, I'm going to unload this whole car by myself. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to go to a graduation party we have this (laughs) evening. And so I did and I started, I was like, not just unloading, I'm putting shit away and I'm like getting it done. And then Frankie woke up. So I brought her upstairs. I'm like, I'll sit with you on the couch for a minute. And then that was it. Yeah. And then Chris came home and none of us moved. Nope. For the next several hours. I took a shower and I healed my wounds. Yes. Um, but we have plans for next year that involve a pedaling schedule. Maybe some sub teams within the teams. Like we got some good ideas. We've realized that that maybe is important. Well, I mean, it was our first event. So we got through it. But again, it was a learning experience. We definitely need a bigger RV next year. And a different way to prepare meals that aren't in crock pots. Fuck them. Bring your own food. No. Maybe we, hoagie trees? We I'm going to figure it out. We cannot be responsible for everything. No, I'll be responsible for that. That's the part I'm good at. That sure as fuck wasn't pedaling. <laughs> I pedaled a decent amount of time. Yeah, you pedaled us straight out of fifth place. I sure did. That a girl. <laughs> All right. Say good night, darling. Good night. I'm Megan and I'm an alcoholic. I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. Friendly reminder that my pronouns are junkie, alcoholic, asshole. Cut off your pet's privates. And please, if you are struggling in any way, put your hand up, reach out, ask for help. So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com.